What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of OT Takes, Overtime Takes, whatever you guys want to call it. I'm here once again with the great Zach Gray. What's up, man? What's up, dude? It's a great day to do a podcast. Am I right? As always, like you're. That's like I've said before. That's a take I'll never ever have any problem with you making. That's my best take, <laughs> I think. Right? I started off every podcast with my best take. It can only get worse from there. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I so cannot wait right, to talk to you today. Today, I, I, have I, know been, you I have been looking forward to this moment since the uh, the poll drama came out. Um, do you want to do you want to kind of give our listeners a rundown of uh, of our little blind poll on Twitter? We might as well just get into that so, first. Yeah. So Zach put up a blind poll of J.K. Dobbins' stats over his three years at Ohio State versus Darren McFadden's stats at his three years at Arkansas. And basically, people voted and selected J.K. Dobbins. Now, here are my three reasons why those people who selected J.K. Dobbins are wrong. (laughs) And I feel like if they had had this information, they probably would have voted differently. Okay? Okay. Number number one, Darren McFadden played in the SEC. Okay, so I feel like the overall level of competition, especially the defenses that he saw— would have been better than the ones that Dobbins saw, and he still rushed for more yards, right? Barely, with more touches, but continue. Number two, I think that a lot of the reasons why people selected Dobbins was because of the, of the receiving out of the backfield. Do you think that's that's a fair observation there? Because the, the receiving yards is, if you want to say that Dobbins is better, is probably where people would build their argument. But I just think that that's a result of the style of offenses that they were in. Right, whereas like nowadays, like everybody's c- catching the ball out of the backfield. Whereas like, you know, back in you know, 06, 07, 08, teams didn't really do that. You know, unless you had a guy like Felix Jones who did that from time to time for Arkansas. So I think that you know, just the the eras that they played in, and just the way that offenses were ran, it kind of helps Dobbins there. And then here, here's my my final point. So Dobbins got drafted this year, right? Second round, yeah. Just a normal second round back, no problem. Oh, okay. Well, Darren McFadden was the the number four overall pick the year that he came out. Was also a, a Heisman finalist. So I don't think that Dobbins has either one of those notches on his belt. So that's that. That's those are my three reasons why right I pick Darren McFadden. You're playing right into Am my really? hands, Jonathan. It's unbelievable. Okay. Um, I'm ready to hear. All right, let's let let's hear your responses. So when I put this poll up and and people were reaching out to me and you were talking to me about it. It seemed like the overall consensus was that I was saying J.K. Dobbins is – it was a one versus one, like J.K. Dobbins versus Darren McFadden, that I was trying to prove a point about J.K. Dobbins, which is not true. Um, I think I could have picked any running back that, that had a semi-decent college career and compared him to Darren McFadden, um, and I think the results would have, would have been around the same. This was not about J.K. Dobbins. This was about – the fact that in Arkansas, this Darren McFadden uh, myth around him is is overblown. He's overrated. I just picked out any random second-round running back uh, that didn't win the Heisman or wasn't a Heisman finalist and, and compared him straight up blindly to, to somebody that's considered one of the best running backs um, in SEC history. And the results were, were not shocking to me. I mean – Based off numbers, and I know you're not a numbers guy, which is wild because stats tell a story. Um, they they do, but I don't think that they tell the whole story. Um, I, like I, I think that my my argument about you know the, the receiving yards just because of the style of offenses that they play in is is valid. Yes, it, fine, but this was more about um, knocking Darren McFadden down a couple pegs rather than building up J.K. Dobbins because I I could have picked anyone, but J.K. Dobbins was the first person that came to mind. I, I knew that he had started three years for a powerhouse team, and I thought he was a pretty comparable player to Darren McFadden. So if people are picking J.K. Dobbins over Darren McFadden based off straight stats, and he's he's not a Heisman finalist, and he's not a first-round pick, not the number four overall pick, it just kind of shows me that Darren McFadden ha- was a little overrated throughout his career. And I know he was a finalist for the Heisman twice, and he lost to two players better than him, um, but besides the first two people in the in those Heisman races it was pretty weak I think Colt Brennan finished third one year uh, that the t- the year Troy Smith won it 
And then I forget who was third the year Tebow won it, but it was it was both players that were just kind of throw-ins for the Heisman finalists. So I think the Heisman finalists that year were even down. So the point of the the point of the poll was to just show you that that Darren McFadden didn't really do anything um, that special. Uh, he was on a good team, uh, probably the best Arkansas teams of all time, and he got the ball more than anyone else, and that's why he was he was revered in Arkansas lore. But to say he's one of the best running backs of all time, one of the best running backs in SEC history, I think that poll shows you that uh, that you could you can mix and match any running back in there and, and have similar uh, results. I don't know. I just think that okay. was a fun poll what to have, um, especially just the fact that you guys know my distaste for Arkansas, and I think Darren McFadden is a, <laughs> is a product of that because that's all I hear about. And um, when you compare the numbers, just strictly the numbers. Uh, second round back that never really had any uh, big time awards, arguably had a better better career than him, had a better program. So, here are my last two things to to say about McFadden. Okay, so first of all, I think that a big reason why your idea that he's overrated maybe a little off is because it's not just Arkansas fans who think that he's one of the best SEC running backs ever. You know, you go talk to Alabama fans, LSU fans, they're going to say something along, you know, the same lines. Now, obviously, you know, they're going to have their bias in there as well and probably think that some of their guys are better. He's the best but, running back you know, in I feel Arkansas like you, history, but that's not saying much. Oh, yeah. Well, Madre Hill's pretty good, too. I don't know if you know who that is or not. That's like, but, saying, anyway, that's like anyway. saying Carlos Hyde's one of the best running backs in Ohio State history. Like, it, it, he's good, but, like, you're just – you're just picking off the the best people that had the best seasons. Like I, I just think Darren McFadden is is another. I mean, based off everything, just another good college running back. Nothing more, nothing less. And here's here's my last point. Okay, so do you know who the quarterback was when Darren McFadden played running back at Arkansas? No. Casey Dick. Casey Dick is one of the worst college quarterbacks I think that I've ever seen. Right, and when you play on a team where you can't throw the football, teams stack the box more. So, like if you watch, Steven like go Jones back and watch McFadden bad. play. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you go back and watch McFadden play, he's putting up these numbers against seven, eight man boxes. You know, and that's something that I don't think people really talk about enough. Is just how teams loaded the box against him, and he still ran for over four thousand yards in his career. But are like are his numbers that much better than anyone else? Like, is it that is it more impressive? I'm just saying that I don't think I think that if you put Dobbins in the same system as Darren McFadden, I don't think Dobbins puts up the same numbers. I don't I don't think it's really close. I mean, just just because of of the eight man boxes, and I think that you know if you put McFadden in. You know the 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 Ohio State offense. I think he he probably struggled there a little bit too, just because he's not that kind of back. You know what I mean? You don't think JK had so the I box just loaded that, up against him at all during his career? I mean, I'm sure he did from time to time, but I don't think it was as consistent as Darren McFadden because you know Ohio State liked to throw the ball more than his freshman than those year. Old JT, Arkansas teams did his freshman year. He had JT Barrett. Do you don't think that you don't think the entire offense was based off zone read and? Uh, the box wasn't absolutely congested when he ran for 1,400 yards his freshman year. Yeah, but I would say that J- bro, JT Barrett throws the ball better than Casey Dick did. If that doesn't tell you all you need to know about Casey Dick. Yeah, well, I guess I guess the whole point of the poll and – I, I did. Did you see me taking this stance? Like, did you? It what? Did you see me not taking? I understand. It wasn't it. a J.K. Dobbins thing, and I want to make that very clear. It wasn't. It wasn't. Okay. It wasn't about me trying to to boost up J.K. Dobbins. Now, J.K. Dobbins isn't even like he's not even the best running back that I've seen in Ohio State history in my lifetime. I don't know it's Zeke. Like, obviously, he's, he's, right? He's he's definitely probably number two. Probably, I mean, behind Zeke, Beanie Wells was really good. Like there, there's there's a couple running backs in there that I've seen that are that are just like that. Like, but this was more about like the lore and the mystique of Darren McFadden being one of the best running backs in SEC history. I just I don't see it. I mean, numbers tell. Uh, I'd say ninety percent of the tale. I mean, numbers are numbers. You can't argue with them. And I mean, he Darren McFadden had more touches, more carries. And averaged less yards per run, and had the same amount of touch. I just, I don't know. It's just one of those things where I, I think I proved a point that uh, a normal, uh, a fan 
without any bias, would, would pick J.K. Dobbins, uh, second-round pick, um, no award finalist over over a guy that's that's considered one of the best running backs in SEC history. That was my point. Okay. We'll, we'll just have to agree to disagree there. Well, I'll also say that you've seen the, Dobbins play more. The the fans the fans agree with me. Well, the listeners, whoever voted 30 on the people. poll, listen to me. Well, they agree. 30 people. I mean, it's, it's not like we had like a 1,000 people vote. I mean, and also just, I, do you see what I'm saying though? I think that like the errors, and just the way that we play football, I think that helps Dobbins, and having a at least a quarterback who, who can throw a slant route over the middle helps Dobbins. Like, do do you see my stance on it? I think that you know McFadden is so loved here because he was literally our only offense. Him and Felix Jones, like that was it. It got it got to the point where we had to have McFadden throw the football for us. <laughs> That's true. I forgot he hit. how many touchdown passes does he have? Like five. I think it was like five or six. Yeah. I don't think J.K. Dobbins has any passing touchdowns. So edge McFadden. I don't think he does either. You changed my and mind. La- last thing on McFadden. Okay, seriously, last thing, and and then we can get into our top ten. So the year that we ran the Wild Hog was when we had Gus Malzahn as our offensive coordinator. And so he, he in a way, helped, I don't want to say, start the spread offense because I feel like Gus Malzahn doesn't get enough credit for being the first one to really run the spread. And that started at Arkansas with, with the Wild Hawk, and then Gus Malzahn built his offense off of that. So I just think that that's obviously, like, it's, it's not going to change your mind or anything. I just think that, like, in some ways he kind of helped pave the way for the spread, which I think is kind of cool. Fair. You, that I have no problem uh, giving you that one. Okay, so are we ready to top and do the the top ten? Yeah, that was a good. That was good. I I like it was good. I liked, it was uh, fun. I liked the drama that was around that poll. I got a lot of messages and stuff about <laughs> it, and a lot of people asking me to to release the names. And uh, I had some people. I had some people that were uh, shocked. I had some people that uh, that definitely were like, "Well, I, I didn't realize that. I would have thought Darren McFadden was would had a, had a lot better numbers than than what he had." Um, but I know, I guess there's something to say about playing an SEC West schedule at that time and and stuff. But I think my point stands uh, pretty good and pretty solid um, based on what I was trying to prove. So yeah, we can get in the list. All right, here I, I'm I'm going to go first this week. Uh, you've gone first every week, I think. Yeah, you got so it. I, I think we can. You want to switch it up. So number, oh yeah. So these are our top ten what if situations. So it's like, what if this happened? So I actually have. So like on Thursday, you know, Zach brought up the what if Derrick Rose never got hurt, and that's kind of what gave me the idea. And so I have an honorable mention. I don't know if you have one or not. I do not. Okay, well here's my honorable mention, and you can just tell me what you think about it. This is something that I've thought about for a long time, and I've never. Stood on a soapbox and talk, talked about because I don't think people would agree with me. But what if the NBA rule for, like, what if the rule from going from college basketball to the NBA was like the college baseball rule? Ooh, I love so that. So either, either you go straight out of high school or you go to college for three years, right? I think that this is a great middle ground between what college basketball and the NBA wants, right? So you get your guys like Zion, LeBron, Kobe, Kevin Garnett, guys like who everybody know coming out of high school are good enough to play in the NBA. Like it's 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 a given, right? And you get guys like Malik Monk who probably need three years of college, but think that they don't, right? Just to kind of help guys become more complete players. I think it helps scouts kind of figure out who really is going to fit at, at the uh, at the NBA level. So, yeah, I, I think that, that uh, that's my, my uh, honorable mention. Now, I have been a big proponent of this rule. I think it I think it's the best of both worlds, like you said. I I just – you know who, who would come out out of high school, but then you get into the problem where, where guys think they're better than they are, they overvalue themselves, and they go out of high school and um, – you kind of have the same thing where guys are sitting in the G league for three years. So I think if you make that rule and you make it and you prove it a couple times, like you, you see guys that 
um, that went to school for three years and then they get picked up by an NBA team and they're, they're playing meaningful minutes right off the bat instead of having to, um, to fight through the G league. I think the counter argument is that <clears throat> why would I go to college and not get paid when I can go to the G league and get at least paid a little bit, um, to develop, especially in an NBA organization. Um, I think, I think the way that that would work is you would have to have some type of name image likeness for those players that stick around for three years. Otherwise I don't see the incentive uh, of staying for three years when you can just go out of high school and start getting paid to play basketball right away. You know what I mean? So I think there'd have to be name image likeness. It's something, some type of endorsement availability, uh, while you're in college for that to work. But in a perfect world, I would say that's how it should work. Um, I mean, if you, I think college basketball at this point in 2020 is brutal to watch. I think it's a terrible product. I think I used to love watching college basketball because you had your, your juniors and seniors guys that stuck around. I just think the product's so watered down and it's so, uh, the, the talent gap between college basketball and the NBA is incredible. Um, now you don't, the reason why college football and the NFL are so, are so like tightly knit is because you see, you, you can see the talent translate right away from college to the NFL, right? Like, and they make guys stay there for three years. Um, but if you gave them the option, I just, I just think college basketball as a whole would just be so much better if, if guys were, were able to pick whether they were out of high school or they had to stay for three years. I just think I, I would love, I would love to see college basketball in that setting for, for a few years just to see how much better the product would be. Guys can't even make elbow jump shots right now. Like they shoot like 33% in some, <laughs> like, like college basketball games are so yeah. brutal to watch. The referees are terrible. All they do is call fouls. There's, the referees are awful. There's man. like 35 fouls yeah. a game in college. No one can make a shot. Like it, it's just, it's brutal. And then I turn it on. It's bad. I turn on a random Wednesday night NBA game against two teams that won't make the playoffs. And I'm still having fun watching them. They're still like, you like, I don't know. I just think if if you made the product better, if you made the players better in college, uh, it would be a more interesting product. And even March would be better. Everything would benefit for having guys stay longer. So, yeah, that's a good option. Exactly, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. So give me your, your number 10. My number 10 is also a basketball-related one. It is what if Chris Paul uh, – what if the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers doesn't get vetoed? That's a good one. I don't have that on my list, but that's a good one. Um. I was doing my research there, and um, I guess what happened was is that the Lakers were going to save a bunch of money and still get the best player in the trade, Chris Paul. Uh, they were going to trade Lamar Odom, Goran Dragic, Kevin Martin, and someone else. They, they, that's who they were going to get rid of. It was a three-team trade with the Rockets. The Rockets would have got Pau Gasol, and the Lakers obviously would have got Chris Paul, but... I guess Dan Gilbert, the Cavs owner, and Mark Cuban wrote in saying, this is not fair. Like, there's no reason the Lakers should should save $40 million in cap plus get the best player in the trade. So that's why I got vetoed. Um, Mark Cuban wrote in? Yeah. Do you think that – do you think – and then six days wow. later, six days later, everybody knows he got traded to the Clippers, and that's when Lob City happened and and all that. But if he goes to the Lakers, do you think there's that much of a difference in the NBA landscape? So he, he'd have been playing with Kobe, right? Yeah, he would have been playing with Kobe. But they also would not Man. have had Powell. Ooh, wait. I, I think that if it affects – I think that the person it would have affected the most would have been uh, a- Andrew Bynum. I think Bynum's role would have been a lot bigger if that had happened. And I, some people really liked Bynum. I, I like Bynum. never really understood why. He was good. I was never a big Bynum guy. When he was he on, was. he was on. He just – he didn't have the motor. But he wasn't like – He's exactly. He wasn't Dwight Howard either. You know what I mean? Right. He. They didn't play. They didn't play I, I the same that, style. But I just. I think at that time the pure post was in still, and he just. That's was, true. He was yeah. a big body that that could that could rebound and when he, like I said, man, if he was just if he just played hard, like every night. I mean, you yeah. saw what he could do in certain scenarios. I mean, he he was a guy that that could go out one night and get you thirty five and twenty. Like that's not that's nothing to sweep under yeah. the rug. But yeah. So. If the trade goes through, do you think that so do do you think Chris Paul ends up winning a ring there? I think there's a really good chance. I think Yeah, me too. I think in Chris Paul's situation throughout his career, he's always been a 1B player in the league. Like superstar B, you know what I mean? Like he Yeah. 
he uh, I agree yeah he, I, correct me if I'm wrong but he's always had to be the number one on every team he's played for I guess not the Rockets except except for the Rockets yeah but that's a little Man, different. he was really good in New Orleans he was really good in New Orleans I mean, yeah the guy's one of the best the best point guards ever but um I don't know I feel like you need a I don't know. You need a forward or, or another guy. You, you, yeah. You need something else. I think how many point guards have carried teams to the finals lately? Like I, I would say Curry before Durant. Yeah, and but Curry, really had, Curry had uh, like unbelievable pieces Draymond around Green him. and Clay Thompson. And, yeah. 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 He, he, he was, okay, a, yeah, that's he was fair. a, he was a pivotal point in the, in the team, but I mean, you got a guy on your team scoring 37 points in one quarter. I mean, you have your help, like in Steph yeah. Curry's case. I don't know. I just think it's interesting to think about uh, Chris Paul's career and how we view Chris Paul if he goes to the Lakers and possibly wins a championship. I think I think the way we look at Chris Paul is really uh, what changes in that scenario if he goes to the Lakers. So, yeah, that's my number 10. That's true. I like that. Here's my number 10, not as interesting as yours. So it's what if Tim Duncan – Continued his pursuit of swimming in the Olympics instead of basketball. Tim Duncan was going to be an Olympic swimmer in the 1992 Olympics until basically a hurricane came through and wiped out the place where he swam. Really? Yes. And look, dude, imagine Tim Duncan in the. He's like seven foot. Imagine him swimming against Michael Phelps. I. It would be so sad. I. I loved watching Tim Duncan bank dunks somehow. Yeah. Like somehow every shot he, was, he shot was off the backboard and it was incredible. Like he would do a he would do a drop step it's a big dunk fundamental. and somehow bank it in. He's the first person ever to bank in dunks. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, he was he was fun to watch. My dad loved watching him. Every every old man loved watching Tim Duncan play cuz he was just fundamentally sound and that's all that they would talk about whenever Tim Duncan played. Now I know a female um, that that is from Arkansas who thinks Tim Duncan is the bee's knees, like celebrity crush, and she's all, she's like our age, really? yeah, and she thinks Tim Duncan is the bee's knees. So that that is that's that's the one thing I get out of Tim Duncan, ladies man, apparently. Okay, all right. <laughs> I guess I mean, okay. <laughs> so I mean, I, I want to know who this person is. Do do we feel the same way if he's a swimmer though? Do you think his basketball credibility gives him gives boosts him up there? See, I'm just thinking like, what if? I think he'd have been a great swimmer. I mean, I'm sure if he was if he was in the running for Olympics, the Olympics, he he would be fine. See, I don't just I just don't know this story, so I have to just I have to I'm gonna take the role of the funny guy on this one. But it, Tim Duncan swimming, I'm sure he would have the 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 most efficient swimming stroke there was. And if there was a way to, <laughs> if there, if, if there was a way for him to, uh, to, to figure out how to bank in, uh, like hit, like swimming, I'm sure he would find out too. So yeah, that's, sure that's would. a good one. I'm glad, I'm glad we got that one on the list. Okay. All right. You're uh, you're number nine. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. That was just fun. I had to, that was funny. Uh, my number nine is what if Michael Jordan kept playing baseball? Uh, I just remembered from when we were talking about the last dance about uh, some of the people that were um, pretty revered in baseball, Terry Francona, people like that, kind of kind of boosting him up a little bit, you know, kind of saying uh, had he kept working and, and gotten more at bats and stuff, he would have been all right. I still think he would have just been a career minor leaguer. Um, I just put it on here. Maybe you have a different opinion. I still just think he would have been a career minor leaguer. He might have gotten a cup of coffee in the big leagues just based off his name um, if he would have gotten a little bit better and kept getting a little bit better. But I don't think he would have been like a, a Bo Jackson type or anything like that or a Deion Sanders. Uh, that's fair. I agree with that. I don't think he'd have been that good. But I don't know. Terry Francona seems pretty convinced that he'd have broken through. He does. So That's I why I, I put him I'm on free. here. I was just like, maybe, yeah. maybe there's something to this, you know. Like I, I never saw him play, obviously, and you know me, I'm big eye test guy. But then again, like the clips where he's swinging are terrible. <laughs> it's it's so just. Bad. <laughs> but he's so athletic at the same time. It's like maybe, 
I think defensively he'd have been fine just because he's so fast and so long and playing in the outfield, you know, that that helps, obviously. The only question would have been the stick. And with the way that he went after it every day, I I think you're right. He probably would have gotten a cup of coffee at some point, but I don't think it would have been just because his name's Michael Jordan. I think I think it would have been because he was really that good. I mean, he was in double A because of his name. So what's to say? That's because they, yeah. Yeah, but what's to say his name doesn't get him up to the big leagues? I don't know. I'm not taking away like from Michael Jordan's like, work ethic. Don't, yeah. Don't, I'm just saying there. Even using his name to get to the big leagues, he look at all the stuff he had to do to even get to that point. I'm just saying. I think that. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying. I think maybe he gets his shot, but it is not the the crazy story um, that that it, it could become if he if he had. A, played at a high level. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. That's to think fair. About. So I've got another basketball take here at number nine. Or not take. I guess what if scenario is probably better. What if LeBron James had gone to college? I think that he would have gone to either Duke or North Carolina. Come on, dude. You're that's wrong. Where every, that's or, or Ohio State. I know. I just feel like, like every great basketball player goes to Duke or North Carolina. You know what I mean? He That's loves just what it feels Ohio like. State, though. He would have went to Ohio State. I know he does. Yeah, he he probably would have. I just I just didn't want to imagine that scenario in my head. <laughs> he would have went to Ohio State so, and he would have played one year. He would have been the best player in the country, and he probably gets he doesn't get he probably gets drafted by the Cavs again. Like I don't know if much changes. I think the Cavs were. I don't know. The Cavs were terrible w- before he got there. That's they true. They probably well, get the number the thing, one pick though. again. They had the number one pick the year before, and they may take Carmelo Anthony. You know what I mean? Like That's they could true. they could have taken Milo. There there's the guy from Latvia. I always Darko forget his Milicic. name. Who ended up being terrible? Milicic, which obviously that wouldn't have. I, even though I've, I listened to a, a podcast and they basically said that part of Milicic's fall was the fact that he didn't get to play right away because he was with the Pistons and that he'd have been better if he'd gone to a place like Cleveland. So maybe his career turns out different if he's the number one pick. Melo's career turns out different. I think that. LeBron would have been, uh, I hate to say this, but I guess more complete because I think that, you know, given the year in college, his jump shot probably improves, right, over the, over the course of that year because that's, that's something that college coaches do a really good job of is improving these guys, you know, I guess weaknesses, you know. I mean, LeBron shot 28% from three, you know, his rookie year. And so I think that that's something that is that that gets improved quicker throughout his career. Yeah. Or I could definitely see a scenario where he goes to college and he just bullies people. Like, he doesn't have to shoot. Like, he's so much better than everyone that he is just a freight train like he always is. And he doesn't shoot as much. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe going to the NBA helped his jump shot more in a, in a weird way. Because he, he had to find other ways to score rather than just bully people around. I mean, he still bullies people, but... Maybe going to the NBA, he realized he had to open up his game. If he goes to college, maybe he still has that mindset of just, I'm going to attack the basket every time, not worry about my jump shot. I don't know. Just something to think about. Maybe. Give me your your number your number eight, right? Yeah. You're on eight? Yeah. My number eight is, um, what if Bo Jackson doesn't mess up his hip against the Bengals? Uh, in that that was, game? I've got that one further down on my list. Um, but we can get it get into it now I mean I, I've got my take on it I, I want to hear yours though I think he I think it's just overall sad um, you hear too many of these stories of people back in the day where um, I think about pitchers and like UCLs and, and Tommy John surgery and stuff it's like all that stuff with with today's medicine would be fixed um, and he'd be able to, to keep playing and even with the hip thing Tua had a similar injury right that was it was kind of that's what they were kind of comparing it to. Yeah, he he tore his labrum in his hip. Bo Jackson popped his hip out of socket. Yeah, and then there was something wrong with the blood flow or whatever in his hip, and it, it that's what messed him yeah. up. Yeah, but I I think in modern you're not medicine, supposed to be able to. What were you saying? I don't know. You're not supposed to be able to pop your hip out of socket. Like that's still the thing that amazes me is the fact that like in my opinion, Bo Jackson's the greatest athlete to ever walk the planet, and. Just like even him getting hurt is like a medical phenomenon. Like he literally popped his hip out of socket. Like he's like the, he's the only person to ever do that. <laughs> you know how bad that probably hurts. 
And I'm not laughing. Yeah, I'm really. not laughing at it. It's just wild to think of how much pain you'd be in. Um, but no, I, I think if he doesn't do that, I just, the point I'm getting at is I think modern medicine allows him to come back. And it's sad that, uh, it's sad that our medicine wasn't able to, to get Bo, a guy like Bo Jackson back out on, uh, to the football field and onto the baseball field. Cause man, uh, like you said, one of the best athlete, if not the best athlete of all time. I mean, the way he produced in two sports, um, especially seeing how he played baseball and some of the videos you see of him throwing people out from the outfield. It's like, it's like once he throws the ball, the video goes in like super fast motion and it's just normal. Like he's just throwing seeds to second and home. I don't know. It's just sad that a a guy like that didn't get to get, didn't get to play longer because I'm sure there was, there was some crazy stuff to come. Yeah. 100%. I'm, I'm going to wait and drop my Bo Jackson take later. Okay. If that's cool. That's perfect. Cool. So, number eight for me is what if Drew Bledsoe never got hurt? I thought about this one. Do we, like, Tom Brady isn't the Tom Brady that we know. Look, Tom Brady was, see, part of me is like, like, Tom Brady's good enough that, like, certainly he'd have played at some point. Like, he was too good not to play. Right? But then the other part of me is like, he's a six-round pick. People didn't think he was that good. Right? Like, people didn't think that he could be this. So, like, do we see Tom Brady, or is he just, like, a career backup guy that, that never gets a chance, you know? I mean, I, I part of me wants to say, yeah, he's a career backup guy that never gets a chance. I don't know if Drew Bledsoe... Drew That's Bledsoe because he was, played in Michigan. Drew Bledsoe was pretty good, right? <laughs> like, Drew Bledsoe was a formidable starting quarterback Pro yeah, in the NFL. And I don't know. I think, I think that whole Patriots dynasty was just the absolute perfect storm of everything coming together at once. I think if one one thing gets knocked off course uh, like that, like even starting there, I think the whole thing is a lot different. I don't know. I just think it's one of those rare things where everything came together perfectly at the right time and the things always fell into place for him. And I don't know if, if we see the Patriots as we see them today if Tom Brady doesn't get that shot uh, after Drew Bledsoe gets hurt. Personally, I think that's I, – I- I think we see them in the same light just because they still have Belichick. You know, like, they they probably won the Super Bowl that year because we've admitted, like, we know that Drew Drew Bledsoe was really good. That defense was really good. And obviously, you know, they have, you know, the greatest coach ever in Belichick. So, I think we still see, like, the dynasty happen. I just don't think we see Brady the same way. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe I I took it too extreme. Uh, I don't know. That's why we're doing the what-ifs, but – I don't know. There just seemed like every time something happened for the Patriots, things just kind of fell into place for them. And I think the yeah. fr- the thing that got the wheel spinning was obviously Drew Bledsoe getting hurt. So uh, based off that, agreed. Yeah, you know that's where I'm at with it. Give me your uh, your number seven. Okay. Well, my number seven is going to be an Ohio State one. I don't know how much of an opinion you'll have on this one. But it's what if Urban Meyer doesn't take the Ohio State job uh, following the 2011 season? <coughs> uh, y'all, y'all go find somebody else who, who probably isn't just as good as Urban Meyer. But look, like you guys are Ohio State, somebody would have left their job to come and coach for y'all. Well, the reason I put this on my list was because we had just came off of Tattoo Gate, which is the dumbest scandal ever. Uh, <laughs> And Jim Tressel, who had won a national title with the Buckeyes, was beating Michigan all the time, um, had the team on the right track, and then boom, fired, gone. And Luke Fickle takes over with a freshman, Braxton Miller, um, and goes 6-7 and seven and loses in the bowl game. And um, after that, they get sanctions uh, for, the, for, the 20, for, the, for that next season, the 2012 season. And they're looking for a replacement, Urban Meyer, stop coaching at Florida for health issues. And it kind of seemed like, um, now Ohio state has never had a down century or a down decade or anything like that. Century is too long, but a down decade, like they've never, they've never been bad for a sustained, like a sustained period of time. They've always been Ohio state. It's one of the only programs in history of college football that has never had any significant down years back-to-back I mean they've had bad seasons obviously but they've never had sustained sustained like losing um and and I think I think at that point they were at the precipice of their 
Texas like fall off, their Michigan like fall off, like the f- stuff we're seeing with Florida State and USC now. Like I think yeah, they were, yeah. I think they were very, very close to that. Considering Luke Fickle took over and he had been an Ohio State guy, went to Ohio State, and usually with those type of guys, like Jim Tressel was the same way, like Ohio guy. They they find a way to be successful, especially recruiting Ohio and and stuff like that. But it just seemed like they were on the precipice of falling off, and it seemed like Urban Meyer was gifted from the skies to Ohio State, and and I think I don't think there was another coach that was equipped to handle that situation and be able to take them from six and seven to coming in the next year as his first year and going twelve and zero. I think that I think that saved yeah. Ohio State. I agree. Yeah, that's I like that one. If he doesn't take so, it, I think Urban they Meyer's fall the off. I, yeah, I mean that's what he's called, and I, I know I know I'm spoiled when I say this, but he might have underachieved at his time at Ohio State, but he saved the program in that moment. I think they were on their they were yeah. on the precipice of being uh, the new Texas or the you know the new USC or something like that. So yeah, that would have it would have been crazy to see who they would have gotten. I don't know. They like you said, they probably would have gotten a big name, but I'm I'm more into fits. The names when it comes to coaching so i agree yeah uh, that's true so i like yeah. that that's a good one so my number seven is is a reds one you ready i'm ready what if the reds keep frank robinson instead of trading him away to baltimore so frank robinson wins the mvp when he's 29 yep and then the following season what year is that gets traded away uh, he was traded in 1965, so I, he'd have won it in 64. Oh, I mean, right? yeah. And the Reds, the Reds' excuse for trading him is, quote, he's an old 30. And then, basically, he played for 21 years, so he wasn't an old 30. Won two more World Series with the Baltimore Orioles, which is really weird, thinking that the Baltimore Orioles won or won anything in general. So he, he actually won a World Series the following year in, in 66, and then won another one in, in 1970. So, look, the Reds obviously the um, the uh, the machine comes around a little later, right? That was that was eighties, wasn't it? No, seventy four, seventy five. They went back to back. So Robinson would have been a part of uh, of the machine, maybe. And may may it may have started a little sooner, maybe. Maybe if if they keep Robinson around, maybe it starts a little sooner because he he was a great player. It was seventy five, seventy six is the big red. The two seasons that the the Reds won back to back. I'm not I, interesting, and I know that the Reds goofed by doing that. But like, I'm gonna take the the teams that come in, like ten years later that are considered like top five best teams ever over keeping one yeah. one player. That's just my opinion. Uh, agreed. I just think that like maybe they win one a little earlier. Like like they win one because they because the ball the the Orioles beat the Reds in the World Series in 1970. So, like, may- maybe they get like a third out of all those guys if they keep him. So I don't know that. I, I it was just a Reds one for you. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, I just I would trade as much as it sucks. I would trade. I would trade getting rid of a Hall of Famer for the for the success they had later down the line. Okay, that's fair. Give me your uh, your number six. My number six are what if steroids were just legal in across sports? <laughs> I like this one. Yes. <laughs> like, like what if you were just obviously allowed baseball's to juice? very different. Yeah. Yeah. Like obviously baseball's very different. You know, it'd be the steroid era all the time. Guys like Barry Bonds would be in the hall. King Griffey Jr. would have been even better than what he was. You would see guys throwing <laughs> um, like hundred and ten now. Bro, I would freaking I I'd hit bombs. You would hit bomb. Everybody would hit bombs. I I, I like this. That's, I'm I'm for that. And then you would just see unbelievable athletes in basketball and football. It would just be absolutely. It would be peak athletic performance for the three best sports. But it obviously health effects and morality come into play. But who cares about all that? Let's just get the. Let's just pump everyone <laughs> with steroids and watch them be the best that they can be. <laughs> And just watch watch yeah, LeBron do that. W- watch LeBron dunk from the three point line and watch Giannis dunk from half court. Like <laughs> let's let's just watch that. Let's just I think like about this. that. That's good. That's funny. I like that one. <laughs> oh man. That's great. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
So my <laughs> my number six is uh, what if MJ never retired from basketball? The first time. The first time, yes, yeah. So like he he doesn't go play baseball. He just plays from eighty four to to ninety eight. You know, some people are crazy and would say that you know he'd win eight in a row, which I don't think that like if you watch the documentary, like he was so tired after six. No way he wins eight. I think that he I think he gets six no matter what. I, he might get seven. Maybe I think that you know the year when he comes back and they get beat by the Magic. I think they win it that year if he keep, if he if he's in shape, you know, because like because he he comes back the next year in shape and they they, they sweep him in four, so I, I think he 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 might get seven. I think he definitely gets six though. That end, I don't. I think he may have become the greatest, not the greatest, the leading scorer of all time, just because he has another. Well, he missed he missed two seasons during his prime, so I don't know. I I think that it's it's an interesting idea in terms of like looking at records and. There's, he doesn't get eight. There's no way. But I think seven's a real possibility. What do you kind of think? Um, I definitely think that LeBron is going to be considered the best player of all time in this scenario because I think Michael Jordan at least loses one or two finals, and that kind of takes away the undefeated in the finals thing. You know I had to bring it to LeBron. You know I had to. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I, I figured it was going to go there. Um, But, yeah, I just I, – Eight in a row sounds absolutely crazy, but I think in that era, See, if he wins eight in a row, yeah. if he wins eight in a row, he is the goat. Yeah, I think no questions asked. I think right? I think as much as I I want to disagree, I think I think it's more realistic than not that he might actually do eight in a row. Um, but I just he it it would be the greatest feat in sports probably. But if there was someone oh, that was yeah. going to do it uh, combined with the era he was in. Combined with his teammates, I think he could do it. Um, I don't know. It's interesting because if he loses one, how do we view him? Uh, we obviously view him as one of the best ever, but do we view, like? Is he head and shoulders the best now that he has a Finals loss? I don't know. And I think that's interesting. I think yeah. maybe one of those years the Rockets uh, come up and, and bite him or or something like that. But uh, I mean, obviously, if he wins eight in a row, there's no debate. If he loses one or two, then then it's. It, There's more of a debate. It's LeBron. Yeah. Like, it's a debate now, but if he loses one or two, it's definitely LeBron at this point. That's fair. I just think that, like, side note, that's one of the things that makes MJ so great because there's a lot of, like, what ifs about his career. So, yeah. Give me your, uh, your, your number five. Um, all right. This is for Alan Hall. Um, this one's for Alan Hall. What if Albert Pujol stays with the Cardinals, signs with the Cardinals instead of the Angels? Yeah, that's yeah. Thankfully, he didn't. Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing we we can agree on as Cubs and Reds fans. Do you think he was already on the twilight of his career signing that big deal, or do you think staying where he was? He was. Do you think staying where he was comfortable and staying in a city that supported him, that knew him, where he had pretty much grown up? Do you think that that gives him some longevity with the absolute monster that he was, or do you think he was just destined to fall off um, at some point? I, mean, he's so like, I, I, think I know that, it says he's like 40 years old, but he's he's like 55. Yeah. He's like, he's got, he's got to be pushing yeah. 60. <laughs> yeah. He's Tim Duncan. That's that's what he is. He, he's the Tim Duncan of the MLB. Yeah. So I think that his fall, not fall, his gradual descent – with the Angels has been really slow. You know, like, he just gets, like, a little worse every year. Whereas I feel like we got we get two or three more years of Pujols being Pujols, and then the drop-off's steep. It's like Peyton Manning to a certain extent where he just wakes up one morning, you know, Peyton Manning wakes up one morning and he, he can't throw a football 10 yards. I think it's a similar thing with Pujols. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that we – he I think we would have a little bit um... – we would have had a little more time with Albert had he stayed with the Cardinals. That was why I put him on the list because I genuinely yeah. think we would have had a couple more of those crazy seasons. Maybe not to the level of his like absolute prime, but we would still see him um, be a hall, an all-star and that kind of stuff. I just think the switch to the Angels, going to a new place, different league, um, different arms. Different different place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean California is way different from St. Louis. All around, I just I think 
Well, he still had a, he's still been decent, especially for his age in Anaheim. Like he's been all yeah. right, but like I like uh, there's something about it just makes me think that he would have a couple more um, really really good years had he stayed with the Cardinals. And they offered him I big agree. money too. They I think they they matched. They did. I believe they matched the Angels' offer, and he just decided to move on. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember what his offer was there, but yeah, that's. That's a good one. So my number five is, what if the 49ers drafted Aaron Rodgers number one like they were supposed to, instead of Alex Smith? Wow. You know, because I don't the the Packers aren't the same. The Packers are not the same anywhere close. And dude, Aaron Rodgers, obviously, like when he would have first been drafted, the 49ers sucked. I think that was 2005. And you, know, you had the few, you had the like the four or five years where the 49ers were just terrible. I think they're not as terrible if they have Aaron Rodgers instead of Alex Smith. And then they they kind of they they put together that defense. You remember the the year that they went to the Super Bowl with Kaepernick? You know they I think they won the Super Bowl that year if they have Rodgers. So yeah, that's I think that that's a fun thing to kind of play with. Yeah, I mean I I'm not too familiar with the uh, with the. Uh... With that draft, I guess. I know Rodgers slipped. I didn't even know the Niners had the first pick. I don't know. Alex Smith was a good quarterback, but, I mean, you can't pass up on Aaron Rodgers and expect to, to not hear about it. Yeah. And it wasn't like Rodgers was, like, projected to go, like, 10 or 11. Like He was projected to go number one and then fell all the way to 22. Yeah, that's just bad GMing on 22 teams. Yeah, yeah, really. I don't know. I so obviously I think yeah. I think it speaks for itself. Like the Niners would be way in a be, in a better spot, and they're all right now. Obviously, they just made the Super Bowl, but all those years where um, they weren't very good, I think obviously one of the best quarterbacks ever transcends that and makes them good. And obviously, we have a different idea of what the Packers are, and I think I think we see that um, starting to show now. Um, I mean, with Aaron Rodgers getting older, we kind of have an idea that the Packers wouldn't have been as good if they didn't have him around in his prime. Yeah. So give me uh, your number four, right? Yeah, four. Um, what if David Freeze never existed? Yeah, really. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Rangers have a, a World Series. They might have two. Yes, I also they do. could. They I may also, have too. Yeah, I could make this a David Freeze slash Nelson Cruz uh, question because Nelson Cruz had that big error. Um, do the Cardinals yes, have those World Series rings that they brag about all the time, or do is, yeah, it, really is the World Series in Texas? Yeah, it's, it's it's a shame that the Rangers don't have a World Series. Just I don't know. It feels weird thinking about a Dallas sports team did not have, you know, a championship. Those teams were so good. They Josh were. Hamilton. Josh Hamilton. Yeah. David Freeze yeah. had to come. You already and ruin said Cruz. Yeah, Cardinals, bro. They just they, they ruin everything. I know man. they do. I except hate for the past few years. Yeah, they they stink. I can't stand them. They stink. They're terrible. They're gonna they finish do. last in the division. You hear that, Al? They're terrible. You hear that, Al? As I drink out of my red okay. themed water bottle. <laughs> All right, so my uh, my number four is: What if the Red Sox never traded Babe Ruth? Yeah, we don't have the the curse of the Bambino. I don't think. Are, are the Yankees the Yankees? No, I mean probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they probably are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they. I don't know if they have they. <laughs> they probably stir the they, Yankees. Yeah, they they have like. 24 championships instead of 27 or, or something like that. What a good story, though. I'm glad they did. Like Really? Seeing them break the curse, and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, but seeing them do that and, and having that lore of, of getting rid of Babe Ruth like that, it's it's, it's one of those what-ifs that I wish that we never had to figure out or never even, like, I'm glad we don't have to, to yeah. reverse it the other way. You know, I'm glad that it worked out the way it did. Yeah. That's one of those on the list where Agreed. – there's a lot of these on the list that I'm like, okay, I'd like to see that. I'm glad for this one. I'm glad it, it turned out the way it did. Yeah, I, I agree. So give me your your number three. Okay. Um, what if LeBron James doesn't suck against the Mavericks in the 2011 Finals? That's a great question. 
And I'm I'm glad you put it that way too. Like I have so much respect for you because like when LeBron doesn't play well, like you'll be like, yeah, he didn't play well. I will. And, whereas like some and like most most other LeBron guys are like, oh, it was his teammates or something. So I I condone you for that. But yeah, that's a great question. We look at him very differently because really like that is the only. I guess blemish on his record, if you want to look at it that way, because it's the one you know, thing look, that he, really he, hurts him. Yeah, it, I wouldn't say he it has really some is. other blemishes, and Jordan has some blemishes too, um, in different aspects. But it's the one thing that really hurts him in his legacy. That, like, that is the one yeah. one series that really affects his legacy um, to the point where people can't get over it. Like, it's one like there are certain things in people's career where. There, there's certain stuff that people just can't see past, and I think that's that's it. Even for me, like, it's just unexplainable how bad he played and how how just the team that beat him. Like, it's just it's just really crazy to me that 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 happened in a in a real life NBA final series. Yeah, it was just yeah. I, I that's a good one. I like that one. I mean, does he, we he look at he's like, what? Yeah. If he wins that, he's what, uh, four, and, four and five in the finals if everything holds up yep. true? And, like, at that yeah, point. Yeah, he, he'd be four and five. At that point, it's like, well, he's got four, like, and he's still playing. And and the teams who beat him, you know, especially those, you know, Golden State teams. Now, I will say yeah, the 3 one comeback yeah. kind of softens the blow a little bit. He had to do that. Um, it does. Yeah, he did have to do that. Yeah, he and that's crazy to even say, but he had to do that to get yeah, that Mavs I, series. I agree. That Mavs series tastes sour. It's not good, and it should it shouldn't taste good. Like, yeah, yeah even though Dirk was Dirk was phenomenal that series. I remember you know, sitting they, there like, "What is know, going they, on?" Yeah. I remember sitting there like, "What is happening?" See, Dirk Dirk was my favorite player growing up, and. So just watching him do that was so much fun for me. Just as as a pure Dirk Nowitzki fan, it was like, wow, this guy is this guy's great. Like, there's you know, it's yeah, it's it's Dirk, man. Like, and you can't not like Dirk. Yeah, I like Dirk. Like, he's one of the most he's one of the most likable guys ever. It, it's just in sports in general. So that's a good one. I, I I like that one. So here's my number three. This one crushes me, man. And I I think about this one a lot. What if Bartman doesn't touch the ball? <laughs> There's just jokingly somebody else touches it, and I'm I'm gonna defend Bartman here for a bit. The Cubs should have still won the I game. Wanna, it didn't mess up the game. They should have. It's just like everything turned, and it was just the most Cubs thing ever, right? And that was an elimination game, wasn't it? If I remember correctly, like if if they win that game, they they move on. I think it was like it was game. Yeah, and they had another game six? to win. They, yeah. they they had another they game. Did. They should have won game six, and then they they had another chance in game seven and still lost. Yeah, so I it's just if he doesn't touch it, it's maybe just, it's the, the most cups things ever. Maybe the energy's different, and maybe they do win. But like, yeah, I cannot put the blame on Steve Bartman for that. You, that any other fan I'm, in the world probably does that same e- thing. Exactly, like. If you watch, it's not like Bartman's the only guy reaching up to grab the ball, right? Like, there's everybody there. Everybody close to him is reaching up trying to grab it. And look, let's be honest. Moises Alou wasn't exactly a gold glover, okay? I don't even know if Moises Alou makes the grab. I don't think he does, honestly. So I'm going to defend Bartman. But at the same time, like, if he doesn't touch it, we probably go on to win game six, I think. Because it just, the momentum completely shifted when that happened. Yeah. Which, like, it's a foul ball. Like, I just don't understand how momentum can shift that much on a foul ball, you know? Right. It wasn't like, it wasn't like you know, a Marlins player hit a home run and he, like, reached out and caught it, you know? Like, it, it wasn't like he did something like that. It's just a foul ball. So, I don't, yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. Ne- next pitch, let's play, you right. know? So, give me your uh, your number two. What do, you, what do you have for your, your number two what if? What if Len Bias actually got a chance to play in the NBA? Okay, yeah, I like this. What what do you think happens with with Lynn Bias? Now, and give people context for those who don't know who he is. Lynn Bias was um was a basketball player. Um and I forget where he's out of. I want to say I don't want to get this wrong, but I think it's Chicago. That sounds right. Um and he was um one of the best uh prep players 
um, in the nation. He was he was one of those guys that yeah. um, Maryland, Maryland, it's Maryland, not Chicago. Sorry about that. Um, You're good. But yeah, he was one of the best prep players in, in the nation. Highly touted uh, player. Um, some people, uh, say he was, he was just as good as Michael Jordan, if not going to be better than Michael Jordan. And he tragically, um, died, uh, before he could play an NBA game. And, um, he never got the chance to, to show what he could do. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that talk about Len Bias, uh, as a what if, because of how talented that, uh, people, people said he was and how good at basketball he says he was. So there's a lot of people that have this idea that, Len Bias could have been the greatest of all time, um, as opposed to Michael Jordan. What do you think about that? You know, it's that's one of those things where it's like we never saw him play, so it's so hard to kind of discern everything. But then again, yeah, like when when you hear the way that people talk about him, it's definitely you know a possibility. But at the same time, like you know, we we never saw him play, so it's it's hard, you know, and. It would just be it would be like, crazy yeah. to, to think now to look back and be like, man, Len Bias, Michael Jordan, who you got? And it's just a shame that really it's a shame that Len Bias didn't get a chance, uh, especially by all accounts how talented he was. Like we keep saying that um, he's not able to uh, he wasn't able to show what he had um, on the basketball court the way he did. I mean, he tragically died. Yeah, I, I won't go into it, but you guys can look that up. It was kind of sudden and and very very yeah. tragic. Sad thing. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, Len Bias is on there for me. I just, I, I love talent. I, I, you know that. I, I love that. So I do. So it's sad to see a guy that is is supposed to be um, uber talented to to not be a chance, not get a chance to show that for tragic reasons. So yeah, that's why he's number two. Agreed. Yeah, that's that's a good one. So my number two is what if the Pistons draft Melo instead of Darko? Oh, that's a good one. I I think that you know. They they go on to win they 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 win it all the next year in, in 04. So we look at Melo differently just because of that. And I think they win multiple because that's kind of the one thing that they didn't have was a one-on-one score and that's what, you know, Melo is great at doing. But they don't have shit. So I, I think we look at Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. They, so I just I don't know. Yeah, I, I heard I, like, I heard Sheed was a big point of that, a big part of that cog. Yeah, but I mean, you, you trade some some defense for some for some offense, and I mean, it's just still had Big Ben. You know, yeah, you, you, exactly. You, you still had Billups as well. I, I think that they'd have been okay. I think you know, with Melo, they I, I think that they probably they they win another one somewhere. Does Melo have a different attitude uh, throughout his career after playing with guys like yes. that? You know what I mean? I think he does. Yeah, like cause playing with guys like that, like. You just kind of see Chauncey Bob's demeanor, and I feel like he'd have been a great, great guy to kind of have teach. You know what I mean? And that that'd have been great for Melo. You know, whereas like he ends up with the Nuggets, and I don't think I could name a single player from that Nuggets team outside of Carmelo. Yeah, and I don't know. You just I, it's hard for a rookie like that to come in. I mean, LeBron handled it well, but LeBron's a different animal when it comes to stuff like that. But I mean, it's hard for for a super talented guy to come into an NBA organization and expect to be the man and not have anyone um, on the team there really to, to show you how it's done. I think if he goes to the Pistons, he's, exactly. he's taught, he's, he, he earns and, and develops a, a different edge about how to play basketball in the NBA. And we could be talking about Melo um, in the same light as LeBron almost um, if that happens. So, yeah, I think that's super interesting. There's just Agreed. something to be yeah. said about so, about being on a team with winners coming into the league. Yeah, it's important, man. Like, you know, you have to learn how to win. And you know, we were talking about you know the Mavericks thing earlier with with LeBron. Like that that that's what that was. Like that is probably the series that LeBron learned the most from. Right, just how to finish and and everything like that. You know. Yeah. So I, I think that like that that is I guess. The good side of the coin, I guess, if you if there is a good side of the coin in that situation. So yeah, I I think that you know like like you you learn a lot from losing, but I think you learn even more from guys who've already been through that. You don't have to experience the losing yourself. So yeah, that that's my number two. Are we on to the to number one now? We are we are on to number one. All right, I'm gonna let you go first. So we we talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh, mine is my number one was what if Bo Jackson never got hurt? 
And for me, this is number one just because of the take that I have behind it. I, I believe that Bo Jackson would be in both the Baseball and the Football Hall of Fame. He'd be the only guy to ever do that. So just the history behind it is why I have it at number one. He was so good at both. Like he, he was an all star even after, you know, he had the 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 hip, the hip replacement. Obviously he wasn't as good. And I'm I'm talking about baseball here, not not right. football. He obviously he never played football again. But he just he was so good, you know, and I I, I really believe that he he'd be in both the football and baseball hall of fame. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. And I already said my thoughts, but yeah, I mean just, just sad that that it had to go that way, and it, it, it is. At least he got to come back and do something. It just, it was just never the same. That was kind of what I was saying. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So give give me your your number one. Dun da da da. What if the Yankees <laughs> hold off the Red Sox in two thousand four, and Boston doesn't come down, come back uh, down from three nothing? Then we lose. One of the greatest moments in sports history. <laughs> do you think the man, curse is still on? I don't want to think on? about this, man. Do you think the Bambino no. curse is still on? Not today. You saw what happened with um, the Cubs. You're right. But the Red Sox won the World Series in what, 2014? 20, they won in 07, and then they won in 2017, right? It wasn't 16. I was it fortunate. We need Dan. That's that's who we need right now. Yeah, <laughs> he'd know. I, who won? I'm man. This is okay. So 2012. Okay, so tw- no 2014 was San Francisco. They won in 04, 07, 13, and 18. 13 and 18. So I don't think it's still on right now, but I mean it. It goes on. Maybe they don't win in 07. You know, maybe they have to wait till like till 2013. But yeah, that's ah, the the curse. Obviously, would go on, but I may I don't I don't know if they win in 07. Yeah, we don't get may, that. Awesome may, maybe that's the one that and that's the biggest thing. We don't. Yeah. I mean, it was so cool to it yeah. was like that was like peak baseball for me. That's what really made me start <clears> loving baseball because the Reds weren't good, and just like stuff like that was just like it was like I was watching superheroes. Exactly. Yeah, I I totally agree. Yeah, that's my number one. So, okay, solid list. It was really hard for me to rank these just because, like, they're what-if scenarios. So it's like, yeah. But uh, good list. This, this was fun. I, I enjoyed this. Um, we're, giving the pe- we're evolving. Yeah. We're giving the people different stuff. We are evolving. We are. Good luck finding any other podcast that gives you a top ten what-if list. Yeah, and then can, can make it interesting for a whole hour. And And – Really? Sprinkle in some Darren McFadden talk. I mean, who's doing that? Yeah, exactly. No, nobody. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's but unprecedented. Us. We're we're in uncharted waters in the podcast game, and like I said, hop on now. Hop on to the bandwagon. Come on, let's <laughs> let's go. So, if you want to hop on the bandwagon officially, you can follow us on Twitter at OT Takes. That's where we got the list for this. That's where we got the poll for McFadden. That's where we got. That's yeah. where we get our 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 greatest ideas is is from you guys. So, um, go give us a follow there. That would be very much appreciated. I think we gain a new follower then, every week. Um, so, uh, if you want to be that person, yeah, really, that's what it seems like. Hit that follow yeah. button. <laughs> and then we have a an Instagram as well. <clears throat> That is at overtime underscore takes. That right now is just like I'm, I'm putting like a link to the pod on the story, and then I'm posting something like a a, a d- description kind of thing. So if you just want you know a little more information on the pods and what we're doing and everything, uh, I'd highly recommend going and following the uh, Instagram account. Yep, and also, if you liked what you heard today, if you want to keep listening, make sure you subscribe Subscribe where you get your podcasts and leave a review. Uh, let us know what you think. Let us know how we can get better. Let us know if you liked it, disliked it, whatever. Just what are your thoughts? Let us know so we can we can keep improving this and keep getting better. Uh, we're still young. People forget that. We're still a young podcast. I don't know if we've even hit – have we hit 15 episodes yet? We're, we're, I think this is, this is going to be 20 right here. This is, this, 20? This, is this is episode 20. Yeah, this, this should be 20. 
20 since the rebrand. But then again, no, not 20 since the rebrand. We're probably at around 15 since the uh, the, the addition of, of ZG. Yeah, so uh, we're still young and we're still learning and I think we're getting better. So yeah, leave a review, tell us what we could do better. And then like, like Jonathan said, vote on those polls on, on Twitter. I mean, that's that's one click of a button. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Uh, I've, I've given up on you guys DMing us. So um, prove <laughs> prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Yeah, give us give us ideas, especially for the shows on Thursday. Because um, those are... The, the shows on Thursday are always fun. They're a little more relaxed. And yeah, so speaking of Thursday, we will see y'all on Thursday. And this has been Overtime Takes. Love you guys.